Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland. Uh, We're back. Haven't done a pod since October. And with the lockout and everything, there just has not been that much Cubs news. But I thought I'd give you a little uh, fun during this baseball downtime. And I've gotten Robert O'Neill and Jeff Everson who have been on my podcast before and are always fun interviews to do a joint appearance on this episode, and it was a lot of fun. We talked about Marcus Stroman and the other Cubs news, but obviously there isn't much Cubs news, so we talked about the other thing that everyone's talking about, the NFL, and of course my team, the Rams, who most listeners have heard me talk about before are in the Super Bowl so obviously I'm pretty excited about that and we talk a little bit about that but it was a very good talk and I think you'll enjoy it so here is Rob and Jeff all right Robert Jeff welcome to holy cow you've both been on before but this is our first uh group dynamic so we'll see how that goes (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited, man. Thanks for having me back. Yep. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate being part of the uh, the great uh, Cubs Twitter Summit here. All right. Well, so obviously I haven't done one of these in a while. Honestly, there hasn't been much to talk about, but um, this is the first podcast I've had since Marcus Stroman signed. So since that's pretty much the only Cubs news, I mean, it was kind of unexpected. I mean... They actually spent money on somebody. Not that they haven't before and kind of get into that, but I'll start with you, Rob. Um, what do you think of uh, Marcus Stroman? Yeah, you know, I like it. Um, Stroman's a guy that I wanted them to sign, I think, uh, a couple of years ago when I saw that he was going to be a free agent this year. It's like, you know, he'd be a good fit. And uh, I think he was good with the Mets. Um, I I was a little surprised just the timing of it all because it came out like the day of the lockout, really, that they were even talking to him, and then they got it done like right before the uh, right before the lockout actually happened. I mean, it's a it's a step in the right direction, you know. Uh, I think we all like Kyle Hendricks, but I think Stroman's kind of more of a you know number one starter, and uh, it's it's a step in the right direction. He's only thirty, um, you know. It might be was it three year deal, right? I think three or four. Um, yeah, it's. So it's yeah. like 25 million a year over three years or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they didn't go six like they did with Lester. Um, yeah. I mean, I like it. It's a good move. It's a step in the right direction. Like I said, and I don't think we really knew what to expect going into this off season either. Cause like, you know, it was like, Oh, there's all these good free agents out there, but are they going to spend money? Or are they going to rebuild? And you know, they're kind of going to do something in the middle, I guess. I guess. Well, that's the thing where I'll ask you, Jeff, but I mean, they're kind of, now we're kind of in this no man's land. They're not rebuilding, but are they really going to go all in this year or what's going on? So I don't think they go all in this year, but what's encouraging with Stroman being a three-year deal to me is that they, they look like they want to at least try to compete um, in the short term. My, my fear had been 
Um, I think that their window is they're looking about two years down the line where they're going to have a really good team. A lot of this uh, prospect, um, a lot of the prospects in the system are going to kind of move up by then. Uh, Brian Davis will have a couple of years under his belt. They have a fair amount of pitching, kind of the double A level. So that'll be up by then. Um, so I was wondering really going into the offseason, like, are they just going to say, look, two years, we're going to have a, a really good team again. And that's when we'll spend. Or are we going to actually try to take the. I think the low bar of this division. Um, I mean, Milwaukee's not going to add anybody in all likelihood. St. Louis is is kind of who they are at this point. Um, Cincinnati's openly selling and Pittsburgh is going to win 65 games. So um, I think going in, like going next season, just seeing that, Hey, we might be able to win this with 85 wins or, or 86 wins, something like that. Like it makes perfect sense to go for it. They've got the the room in their budget just to get back to last year's opening day payroll. So it's, it's encouraging that they, they seem to be looking a little, little bit more shorter term to be uh, competing again. Um, what kind of would fit both and kind of the cliffhanger they left us on before the lockout was the, the Correa rumor. Um, but Correa is a guy that makes him obviously immediately better, but he's going to still be relevant in two or three years. Like that would sort of be this, the perfect fit for both, both goals. Be, yeah. but... Just kind of an ups and downs for the whole crew. Uh, you know, Correa saga, like, what was it? Like Christmas, he was oh my god he's liking Christmas carolers he's set the sign and then of course then it's the backlash that he's a cheater can't have him on the on the team and all this stuff and like nothing can happen but we went through the whole process like Correa signed and then the backlash of the signing I just thought it was funny yeah and I mean like you know, for me, like none of that stuff really bothers me, you know, it was a long enough time ago, but you know, also just kind of is what it is. Like every team is, or at least was doing it back then. So it's like, you know, if you, if you can get a player who uh, is going to make your team decidedly better and he doesn't have, you know, off field issues that are giant red flags, I say, go for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally with you on that. It's, I mean, I think that there's been enough in the court of public opinion that they've, they've sort of worn it on that one. And I mean, it's not, it's not, like you said, it's not criminal. Like you didn't break the law. It's it violated some rules. Like they got a lot of heat for it and they're all going to have long major league careers, him and Bregman and um, Altuve and a few of the other guys involved. Like yeah. we have to move on a little bit. Exactly. And it, uh, you know, with this lockout, it really does like stifle all the baseball news. They could, I mean, so, I mean, it sets up for things that are just, you know, the stupidest absolute discourse. And I thought there'd have to be something around when we did the podcast that would be really dumb. And we got it. Statues <laughs> being moved. It's now somehow a federal case. So ridiculous. Yeah, I haven't really uh, followed this closely. You know, I knew that I learned, I think, when they moved them, that they were moving them. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, you know, they're still going to be somewhere in the area, right? So that's what matters. Like, I don't I don't even really know for sure, like, where each of those statues are. I just know they're all, you know, somewhere around the perimeter of Wrigley. And it's just like, okay, well, they're going to move them over here now. You know, whatever is what it is, right? Like, I don't think we need to have a whole big thing about it. No. Yeah, it felt like looking for an issue. I mean, I, I understand, like, the sportsbook thing is its own animal, um, and people have varying opinions on that, but, like, it's probably better that they don't just run over the statues to build the sportsbook. Like, the sportsbook's going to get built. Like, they've decided that that's happening. Like, 
So, okay, well, they have to move these statues temporarily. It sounded like they announced today they're all going to be just moved to the uh, third baseline than the, yeah. than the first baseline, um, which I think is a reasonable conclusion to reach. But I don't know. I, people are just geared up to be mad about the Cubs for yeah. any reason. Like any other franchise would have done this exact same thing. And yeah. like, we just have to default at some point. And maybe it takes a little bit more spending. Maybe it takes a, a playoff season. But, like, we just have to default to not being mad about every single yeah. dumb thing and how they, they run their team. Yeah, because it's, it's like no other team is any better. That's why I always like if you're gonna ditch the team and like, sure, go on to a different team. I don't care, but don't be surprised when the new team you switch to is the exact same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just that's just how it goes in sports. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the the Nationals are already taking bets inside their stadium, and um, I I just haven't felt like nobody's calling them you know just this awful franchise it's it's every single every single pro pro sports team would build a sports book on their grounds if they had uh that, just that, because that, sports books make money and these teams like making money so it's the cubs yeah. aren't unique to that the gambling takeover it's gonna happen so it's just they made the deal gambling's been legalized everywhere it's gonna happen well, it's also, I don't get, I mean, personally, like, I understand that there's a wide variety of opinions. To me, personally, like, I don't see how it being a sports book built there is any more offensive than when it was, like, the Captain Morgan Club or um, no. the giant bar they built next to Gallagher Way. Like, okay, you can place bets there, but it's, you know, a sports book is at heart, just a giant sports bar. And there's plenty of those in the Wrigleyville area, some of which the team owns. Like, I just, I don't, it's, it's not going to, you know, make me stop liking the team or something. Yeah, I know. Well, no, and it's like, you know, the other thing is, too, like, if it's not there and you want to make a bet, you're just going to do it on your phone anyway. So, mm-hmm. like, there's really no difference. It's the people that want to use it that are going to use it. The people that don't want to use it are just going to keep, you know, not using it. Yeah. So, it's like, why let it bother you so much? Absolutely. It's not like we're um, 1919 and they're fixing games and stuff. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like it, the structure itself doesn't look... You know, it's it's not ostentatious or gonna like destroy the Wrigley vibe. Um, so it's yeah, I I don't get I don't get the like I get why people don't like sports betting the promotion of it, but I mean this one is just in, in the grand scheme of Cubs issues, this wouldn't really rank too highly for me. Yep, but with nothing going on, with now we're gonna lose um spring training games. It sounds like, and I don't think we're gonna. I think a deal gets made. Before the regular season, but like you'd hope so, you know, because a couple of years ago, obviously they lost the games because of COVID, and it's just like you know you really don't want to do that again. But it's also kind of hard to see either side backing down. I mean, I know as it gets closer, you know, the pressure gets kind of ramped up. You know, you you uh, get kind of taken down in the media and all that, and it's like you know maybe the deal gets done, but yeah, it's it's tough, you know, looking at it right now when they met again today and it was just unproductive, and you know you don't know when they're going to meet again. They they can't keep meeting once a week if they want to get something done. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, what's what's odd? What's been on to me is everybody knew the issues going in, but it's just been so incremental. Like every single day, the Jeff Passan updates, like yeah, they uh, exchanged proposals and nothing happened. Neither side likes. It's like, well, how are you not? at least finding some common ground on, on yeah. a few of these. Um, there's, there's hasn't been any real compromises yet on anything or any um, frameworks that, that are being reported. It just it seems to be going nowhere, which is really strange considering we're in 
month two of this lockout already. And yeah, it was a uh, negotiation that had about a five year lead up to it. So it's, it's just, it's really odd to me how either they're making a bunch of progress and not leaking it, or they're just sitting there and passing papers back and forth and, and no one's like, no one's making, getting any closer to a deal. Well, the rule, the rule I always go with is that if they're making money, they're probably going to come back. Like if you have like in 94, there were teams that weren't making money. Other teams that were, but there's some that weren't. So right. that one, in the NHL, some of the teams are losing money. So that went a year. But if you're making money, I don't think you're going to miss that many games. Yeah, no, that's really the thing. Like missing spring training, that kind of is what it is. But yeah, once it comes down to, you know, we're going to lose regular season games. I know the owners, it came out that, you know, they're not opposed to it. But there's a difference between saying that in January and actually doing it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Especially, I mean, just the talk when, um, like, you brought up the COVID season. Like, I, I think that some of it might have been exaggerated, but they clearly lost a lot of money by losing a hundred games, and it's, it was was almost undoubtedly worse on the ownership for that than the players, just in terms of you know, the players still got um, sixty games of salary. Like, that's you know, it's a reduction for a year, but they, they weren't actually actively losing money out of it. Like, if if they start losing a month or two of the season, that's going to hit ownership harder, which. I don't know, maybe that's the player's end game is, is hold their feet to the fire on that. But um, it just seems seems like it's going to be worse for the side that has to pay operating expenses and pay a staff and pay to upkeep a stadium than just players m- missing um, revenue opportunities. That's right. And obviously, um, it'll really be a double blow for um, team owner um, Patrick Mahomes. He lost the eighth <laughs> champion championship game and could lose money in the lockout. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that he, he flew directly from uh, Kansas City down to where they in Texas they're meeting mm-hmm. to uh, as soon as they were eliminated. Like he's gonna he's gonna r- round up his uh, as Robert Stockholm his business partners together and finally hammer out a deal. <laughs> he is a natural leader, so of course. And once, uh, once Giannis gets there too, it's going to, uh, or Giannis, excuse me, gets down there too. He owns a small share of the, the Brewers. Like that's going to, mm-hmm. that's going to fix everything. Like, as I said, there's not much baseball news. So, but I think we can give the people a little uh, bonus and talk some football because yeah. that's what everyone's been talking about. And as many listeners of this know, as I talk about it frequently, I am a Rams fan, and they're in the Super Bowl, in case you haven't heard. And I'm pretty pumped, but these playoffs have been great. Yeah, yeah, no, they really have. Uh, You know, for an NFL season that, like, you know, there wasn't a dominant team. I think some of the regular season games and weeks were like, this isn't very good. But the playoffs have definitely delivered um, probably more than any postseason in recent memory. It's, uh, I think, like, every game – uh, mostly every game's come down to last possession at least the past two weeks. Um, you know, the wild card weekend was a little rough, but uh, yeah, it's it's been great, man. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I can't remember one that had six or eight games like this that all came down um, to the final possession one way or another. Yeah, I think I think all year, just kind of watching the league, it felt like things were pretty clustered in terms of the playoff teams. Um, like the Titans and the Packers are probably – two of the weaker one seeds I can remember. And obviously they lost right away, but that just, I think led to a lot of parody with good, with the good teams. Um, and this is the result of it. So yeah, it's been, it's been a blast to watch. 
Well, it's funny too, like you were saying, the the wild card week sucked, like really bad. And I think it was a bunch of teams that weren't weren't really should have been in the playoffs, getting beaten out. But after that, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess the the Cowboys going out the way they did was was worth the uh, the, the weekend. But yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I still don't know if it would have been any better if they had kept the two buys. Like you still would have had some those kind of dog three, six games. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a blast. I mean, congrats on the Rams. Like that, that was a, uh, that was an exciting game. I, I thought like, I'm sure it wasn't awesome from the Rams fan side of things, but like having it be a pretty split crowd added a lot of uh, drama to it. And I mean, I've been, the I've been a Rams fan since they were in LA at first, followed them through St. Louis and back to LA. So it's kind of and the um the Niner fans were just as bad in St. Louis, I will add. It was just as big a but yeah, no. And obviously they're the big rival, so I don't like them. And I really thought they were gonna lose that game. God, I just I gave up. Of course I still watch it, but I was like, oh, they just can't beat these guys again. It's gonna be it'd be a nightmare and Every time I did that, they come back. So give up for the um, Super Bowl, too, at some point. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, obviously uh, going out and getting Stafford, just uh, I like I like what the Rams do because, you know, a lot of your NFL teams will be like, oh, well, you know, we can't go do that. You know, there's a salary cap or, uh, you know, we need our draft picks. But the thing is, you know, if you win the Super Bowl, no one's going to care about all that stuff. You do get a little bit of leeway. So, like, you know, go all in when you can. Yeah, also, rebuilds the NFL take, like, three years if you know what you're doing. So win the Super Bowl, and if it, you have to burn it down right after, well, you'll probably be back. Like, the, the the Patriots are the only team I can remember the last 20 years that had a consistent run where there was never, a, like, an actual rebuild or, or bottoming down. I mean, I guess Pittsburgh hasn't ever really bottomed out, but I don't know. It's it, I, I'm totally with you. Like, go try to win a Super Bowl while it's there. It's, it's hard to win a Super Bowl, and, I mean, the worst case is you'll probably be able to – get that draft capital back in a couple of years and, and be right there. So yeah, it's, it's, it's well, cool yeah. that it paid off for them. Yeah. And they went 14 years without making the playoffs. So that's like, this, I've deserved this, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, it's cool that it's in LA. Um, that stadium looks really cool on TV. I think uh, it's probably, well, it's hard to tell if it's a Super Bowl, if it's going to be like a lot of Bengals fans or whatever, because I don't yeah, know how many yeah. fans of teams actually get to go to the Super Bowl just with the prices. I think it's just people who can, you know, afford to go at this point. But, like, you know, it's going to be a decent amount of Bengals fans there. But it's so cool that it's in L.A. And, uh, you know, that obviously is an advantage to the Rams. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, the Bengals, again, they scare me because they shouldn't be here. Yeah. How are they here? That's frightening. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you know, Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase just all year have just had this incredible connection. And, uh, you know – they're going to have Jalen Ramsey, I think, on Chase, and that's going to be a big thing for them to overcome. But it should be a good game. Uh, you know, we I don't remember a whole bunch of the Super Bowl last year. I don't remember it being particularly uh, exciting or anything. I know it was like the first big event with fans back, and we were all just kind of happy about that. Um, and then, you know, the one before last year with uh, the Niners and Chiefs was not very good until the end. So it's like, yeah, we, we kind of are due a good one. In the Rams Super Bowl, their last one, 
was super boring. Yes. It was close, but it was boring. I think we're, we should be guaranteed a decent amount of points in this one, which if nothing else will keep it competitive for a while. Um, mm -hmm. Like it's, if it's just, if it's to one team with like a dominant defense, you can just get those just bad 24 to seven type games. Like I think both teams are going to be able to score the entire way. And yes. um, that, that should at least provide some, some excitement or but at least they, the, the promise of it. For the Rams, the key, I think they got to sack Burrow a lot with their battle line. If they can do that, they'll be good. Yeah. They can get the Burrow. Yeah, I would agree. You know, if uh, Baron Donald can get back in there and, uh, you know, cause some havoc, they're going to be just fine. They, uh, at the end of the, the Chiefs game, the Bengals were playing their second round draft pick who hadn't played very much at right guard. And I believe a back at the left guard. Um, that's going to be a lot of trouble with the interior line for uh, interior defensive line for the Rams. Um, just a total aside football nerd thing. There was this, this look that the Niners gave the Rams a couple of times. They just moved basically every all their linemen to the A and B gaps, and it worked yeah. pretty much every time. Mm -hmm. um, I would I, I, I would hope uh, for your sake that like McVeigh is watching that tape and be like, we can run this on, on Cincinnati because they are pretty undermanned in the interior of their, their own line. Um, it's a weird look. I'd never seen a team do that before, but it looked pretty effective. So, yeah, yeah. Um, no, the, whatever yeah, we want to say. Whatever the 49ers do, I don't know what it is. Like, you know, they run in the their blocking schemes and stuff. The Rams cannot figure it out. It's a terrible matchup for them. I don't know why, but it is. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, especially like the six game winning streak thing was very surprising to me because like the Rams have been the better team for most of the past, you know, few years. And uh just beating a team that much in your division, unless it's like a Bears Packers situation, well, it's tough. I will. Famously, the um, 49ers won 19 straight games against the Rams <laughs> in the 90s. Wow. It was brutal. But um, they finally beat them the year they won the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. That was the most satisfying game I've ever watched. It was uh, Isaac Bruce caught four touchdowns. And Isaac, yeah, very... Almost better than the championship. Just to exercise those demons. Exactly. It's like that uh, that Brown Steelers playoff game last year. I, I mean, the Steelers came back like the Browns nearly got up four scores after just basically being beat every single year by the Steelers. Like this had that had to be so cathartic for their fan base. Totally. And also, just you know, they're right. You know, finally beat Brady in a playoff game too this year. So. Exercising the demons, I guess. Retired Brady, too. That's right. Yep. And don't don't think I didn't tweet that. <laughs> the Rams retired Brady. Yeah, that's um that's gonna be interesting. Just you know, not having him around anymore is just gonna be such a different thing. Just it's been so long. Um, you know, it's and I think he was still pretty good this year, too. Like if he doesn't want to do it anymore, I get it, but it's just it's gonna be different as a fan, even just like not as a fan of one of his teams. Yes, this is yeah, like you tell you he he earnestly means it that he's retiring to spend time with his family because he can still go like he was yeah very very good this year mm -hmm. I thought you know I always thought his thing was he was going to play till fifty to mm -hmm. prove that point or prove the TB twelve method works or, or what have you so um, yeah, yeah I, I wasn't expecting it to be this early but um, it does change the landscape to to have him out that's right.
I mean, if, if him and Rogers both leave the NFC this offseason, like things get very flat in a hurry. Then it's all pre for uh, Jim Harbaugh, right? Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm excited about it. I know, I know the reputation uh, Harbaugh carries, but I think he's like I, I think he never had a losing season in San Francisco. He's probably going to bring Fangio with, which is a big plus for um, probably the best defensive coordinator who's out there to hire right now. Yeah. Um, and it's like I think he's a, he's a like just a blast as just a person to watch coach. Um, like he's just an insane football weirdo, and and I think <laughs> that just resonates with in locker rooms. And uh, I don't know, I'm excited. I, I wasn't expecting them to go that route. Um, it yeah. just wasn't rumored until the last couple of days. Um, I feel bad for this Giants coach that had to do another interview today before this, but. Um, I mean, if uh, once they they hired the new GM, like him and Harbaugh had the history, and they uh, mm-hmm. they they put it together. So it's, it'll be interesting, if nothing else. And after um, Mike Zimmer for eight years, who's just a cranky cranky guy and uh, not mm-hmm. a super fun guy to see in press conferences, he usually um, is kind of a smartass of the media. Like Harbaugh is going to be very different, very refreshing, um, at least fun to have around so um yeah i'm happy about it i'm excited about it and as long as um he doesn't have to play ohio state you guys should be yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah yeah that's really the bummer from the michigan side but also like this year is probably the best they can do so it's like you know whatever at least that was nice they're not going to probably do that every year anyway so i um it sucks that you know he's going to the nfc north and because i think he's a good coach too i think he's still gonna be good in the nfl so yeah it's uh it's a bummer that he's in the nfc north and coaching against the bears but you know i'm 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 excited you know i i've always liked harbaugh dating back to when he was at stanford so um who goes who goes to michigan I mean, I I like them. You know, I went to Mizzou, but like Michigan's always kind of been my team because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't really like Illinois or Northwestern, and like I didn't I like Notre Dame. So I'm like, oh, I, I you know, know Michigan's that. Michigan's close enough, you know. Yeah, but no, I was asking who goes to Michigan. Oh yes, um, yeah, I don't know, like, because I think uh, you know Josh Gaddis did a really good job this year. I don't know if he's ready for head coaching job. Um, I don't know if you call PJ Fly. It's hard, you know, this at this point in the, you know, coaching cycle. Um, yeah. I know they're kind of still probably a premier job, but like a lot of people have moved already. So it's like you call PJ Fleck, you call, you know, Bill O'Brien, um, or you know, just promote Gaddis and hope it works out. I, I don't know. Like that's really the thing. And, you know, because signing day, I think is coming up tomorrow, or the next day anyway. So it's like that's going to have an impact. And yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch it unfold. But I assume that Fleck would make sense. Fleck just got a massive extension, so but I don't think money is going to really matter to Michigan in this case. But that would be um, that'd be an interesting trade at the uh, collegiate and pro levels between Minnesota and Michigan. He's a character, isn't he? PJ Fleck. Oh yeah, yeah. Another yeah. another insane football weirdo, but <laughs> um, authentic, not 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 an act. So uh, that's what you want. Yes, I just want. Um... Boston College win eight games. So that's all I'm going for. Yeah, they had a pretty good year. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, that's that's about like kind of top of the line for them. I know they were good with Matt Ryan, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, you get eight or nine wins in college football season. If you're, you know, like a mid-level or upper mid-level team in a power conference, you'll take that. Well, the, um, when Jerkovic Yerk- got 
that hurt. That really hurt him. Yeah. They were going to be good. But he's back this year, so they've got Zay Flowers, so you never know. It's the right direction. It's better than uh, anything when Adazio is there, so uh, oh, God. it's a good thing. Just got to be a dude. <laughs> Not <laughs> a football, but a dude. <clears throat> I have no idea how that guy got to be a head coach, but oh, so bad. Yeah, and I think now uh, Texas A&M hired him. So he got fired at uh, Colorado State. Now he's a position coach for A&M. So that's the thing about college football. You just keep falling upward. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he is. He is a good old line coach, I think. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, head coach was a disaster. So I guess I'll ask you guys for Super Bowl prediction. Um, I just think my team's always going to lose, so. I'm no good to give one. Yeah, I think um, if I had to give one right now, I'd go like Rams uh, 35 to 28. I do think there's going to be a lot of points, like Jeff said, and that's going to inherently make it an exciting game. So, yeah, we'll go with that. I like the Rams. Um, They're a four-point favorite. I think they cover it. Uh, I'll say Rams a little bit pointy. Rams 31-21. Okay. And I'll say, I'll just throw it out there, uh, Cooper Cup MVP of the game. Yes. That would be, that would be good with me. <laughs> Take that. But I will say, before this last um, boring Super Bowl, the other two Rams Super Bowls were about the most exciting Super Bowls you can imagine. So it might be, it might be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you uh, they had the one against the Titans and the one against the uh, Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really think of it like that, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, the when they won. Yes. It must be me, because they had a huge lead to the Titans, blew the entire lead. I thought they were going to lose. <laughs> and then at the last minute, they pull it out. Then the freaking Cubs do the exact same thing to me. <laughs> so like I guess yeah. that's what guess that's what I have to go through to get wins for my teams. Yeah. Just, what's what's the fun in an easy championship? You know, you have to go you have, you have to go through it. Think of like 2016 coming back from a 3-1 deficit. Like that's just added so much so many bits for us to take advantage of. It's yeah. it, it really was a blessing in the end, as bad as it felt the entire way through. Well, exactly. That that was the only way they were ever going to win. They had to torture you. They destroyed basically all hope too along the way. Like they were the best team in the NL all year. They they got tested in the first two rounds, but never really faced. They never faced elimination. So like, all right, they just have to really just destroy a ton of hope. Like get to their their last leg, um, make everybody start doubting if it's going to happen, and like just win the three straight along with blowing the lead in game seven. It's really – it was just perfect. You couldn't have offered it better for, for the experience of being a fan of that team. Yeah. Yeah, and then the Rams win by a yard, yeah. It was yeah, like, that's – Like literally the – the, One of the two or three greatest offenses in NFL history, and they, they win. What was it? What was the – it was 17 to – 23 to 16. 23 to 16. Yep. It was yep. a box that they, they played to like a 13 to six win to make it, right? Like it was, yeah, just inexplicably low scoring for the greatest <laughs> Sean Fair. Yeah. 
well, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm confident, I'm confident in your, in your squad in this one, but um, oh, I think it's going to be, like we've said, it's going to be pointsy. It should be decent. And I just think they're, they're, they're a better team. I think their defense is just going to make the difference in the end. Well, you know, God, God knows what would happen for the Vikings. Like if they ever won, it'd have to be some kind of spectacular outcome, just like the Rams and the, the Cubs. The, the Vikings would involve like several missed field goals that somehow they survive. It would not. I, it's. I mean, I think the Minneapolis Miracle game is as close as like they're going to come to to the textbook like flipping the script on on uh, their season in, in their like history. Like they made the field goal late. They blew several leads. They blew a, a game that they were totally in control of at the half. Um, but then like got the the walk off touchdown, which which they just they give those up usually. They don't. Um, get them so yeah it would be a sequence like that where it's just you take everything that how they typically lose um they like come back come from behind like make a long field goal to win it like that would be the script um to to change it all but like yeah uh i digress i guess i should ask um rob about the bears a little bit uh do you like the new coach yeah i mean you know i didn't want them to hire a defensive coordinator but uh I think he's putting together a really good staff. I think the big thing that they realized is, you know, if you're going to have a guy that you think is a franchise quarterback, you should surround him with people who can help him develop. So that's been a really good sign over the past uh, couple weeks so far. Um, I'm excited. You know, it's, it's easy to get behind, you know, coaching hires when you only have the press conference or whatever to go off of the staff they build. And it's just, it's tough to really judge until they get into the actual game stuff. But like, I don't see any reason that field shouldn't be good. You know, I liked him at Ohio state a lot and uh, I was really excited when they draft him. And, you know, I think if he's good, it goes a long way in the team being good, obviously. So it's like, you know, if you can harness that, you can uh, make it work. You know, the defense is going to be good. The defense has been good for 50 years or whatever. So it's like, you know, you get that offense click and yeah, I think they might have something here. So yeah, I, I don't dislike it as much as I did when uh, his name first came up. All right. Well, I think we've covered all the football talk. And like we said, there wasn't much Cubs news, but I thought this has gone pretty well. So I'll um, have Whenever you. this lockout ends, it's going to be a fun kind of sprint with the uh, rest of free agency because there's just still so many big-name players out there. And I doubt they're going to have a lot of time between the end of the, the negotiation and um, the start of the season. And I would guess that there's already – certain frameworks and places for contracts. So I, I think it's going to be fun once they get it resolved. I just hope yeah. it's soon, yeah. despite no indication it's going to be soon. Well, whenever it is, I, I'll have more to talk about and come back on, but I'll let you guys uh, plug your various social medias and stuff. Um, uh, Rob? Yeah, um, you follow me on Twitter at Robert O'Neill 31. Uh, you get a little bit of everything. Um, mostly good, some bad, but mostly good. Um, but yeah. Great. And Jeff? Yeah. Um, at EVR551 on Twitter. Uh, unlike Rob, it's mostly bad on my side. <laughs> um, once baseball is around, that's kind of my main thing I tweet about, but the pulse and just weird stuff I see online is filled up the rest of it. But no, we try to have fun there. Yep. So yeah. You guys, thank you for coming on, and hopefully we'll have baseball soon. But until then, go Rams. I am on Twitter at STH85. 
You can email the podcast, holycowpod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you get podcasts. And yeah, we'll be back hopefully soon with some actual baseball news. And until then, go Cubs.